Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I want to talk about how to build a horse's confidence that will start shaving you time on the pattern, but not only that, how to build a confident barrel horse that is going to be solid. So you have to look at things in two different ways, the teacher and the student. If you're a novice rider, it might be wise to purchase an older horse that knows their job and then you just have to learn to ride in the middle of them and and learn to get your confidence that way. And a a been there, done that horse can give that to you. They can teach you how to run the barrels. They become the teacher, you become the student. But if that same novice person purchases a young green horse, we now have a student-student situation. And when you have that situation, you're definitely going to want to get coaching or spend a lot of time um, studying, you know, whether it be videos or clinics or lessons or books. Um, And it may take a lot longer when it's a student-on-student or novice-on-novice situation. Um, Once you become very educated and you then become the teacher, Uh, then the horse can become the student and you're more prepared to train your own barrel horse. There are, you know, ways to do things that are easier and definitely if you're learning a been there, done that horse, being your teacher will certainly let you progress faster, uh, build your confidence quicker. Um, The consistency and the repetition of a horse that knows their job is going to help you grow faster. If you're starting with a young horse, a novice horse, they don't know their job. They don't know what's at all expected of them. And if you don't, it's going to be a lot longer time. It doesn't mean it can be done, but a lot of times they say, you know, the saying green on green makes black and blue. And it can feel like a a giant bruise at times, a bruise to your ego, a bruise to your body. You know, it can be frustrating when you and your horse are learning together. So that's why if you truly ride with heart and care about the horse first, you'll do it in a way that builds the horse's confidence and you'll let them have an opinion. Um, You'll listen to them. A perfect example of that is when I took my horse Rocky uh, he is a young horse and he's only been hauled to probably six or seven arenas, um, but he's only been ridden at four of them. The rest he was just tied to the trailer at them or ponied at them. And the last four arenas he's been ridden around. And obviously I do the same routine that I would do at home. I get his attention on the ground with a few minutes of groundwork. Um, just the same routine. When I get on him, I do his face flexing, connecting to him. I make sure that he is focused on me so that if he does get upset, I can get him refocused on me. But I'm also trying to build his confidence, so I don't want to overexpose him. So my goal isn't necessarily exhibitions or entering. My goal is more about exposure. So I pay attention to his eyes, his ears, his breathing. And my horse, Rocky, he's very, very vocal with his breathing. If he's not sure about something, his breathing goes up. And I can pet him, reassure him, and then he will go ahead and, and accept the challenge of, of going by that scary object or through that scary object. But I listen to him. I let him have a say. I don't just cowboy him and dominate him 
Other, other um, podcasts I've done, I've talked about there's three kinds of training methods. There's a super passive where you just like, good boy, and you let them drag you all over and do whatever they want. And then there's a super dominant where, you know, they can't do anything wrong. And if they do, they're going to get a whack, you know, a spanking right away. Um, and then there's somewhere in the middle where you're more on the apply pressure, release, reward, because that's honestly when a horse learns. A horse learns when the pressure is released. They also learn when they're rewarded by told that they're a good boy or good girl. And you're always working a fine line with horses with push and pull apply pressure and release or draw or drive it's a constant in the middle because that's body language for horses if you if you work from the middle you'll have a happy medium there if you're in the passive they're probably constantly pulling into you and in your space and not respecting you if you're in the dominant side it's a constant drive and you're always over driving them away from you so somewhere in the middle you will have that pull them to you but push them away kind of teaching them boundaries and that's where I like to keep my training but I also like I said want to finish with a calm confident horse and my goal needs to be that I set my horse up for uh, questions that I can always get an answer of yes to meaning that I'm not going to ask them something that they're only prepared elementary school level for a college quiz so um I try to set my horse up for success. So I'll set a goal for the day or what would be considered my win on that horse. And that's what I keep my objective on. And I try to have that win be something that I know that they're prepared for, that I've been preparing them for. And, um, and that's ultimately what we're looking to do with our horses. If you want to have a successful barrel horse that lasts you you know, 15, 20 years without alley issues, broken patterns, um, you know, big bits and big tie downs and, and running by barrels or hitting barrels. You really have to listen to them. You have to listen to their physical well-being, their mental well-being, their emotional well-being. And you have to teach them in increments, just like a child in school. So again, um, I, I do these podcasts and I do this um, conversations in my live, in my group, just for thought-provoking um, ideas for people because, you know, sometimes people see things. For instance, when I was at the show, I took my son, my son, my four-legged son, I took him to uh, the show this weekend. It was a little game show, and I don't normally go to those because my mares were competitive, and I took them to super shows or jackpots or rodeos, and... Um, I haven't been to a super show in a long time, and I remembered why, because there's so much that I see at those events that kind of freak me out and upset me. A lot of poor horsemanship, a lot of um, mean, you know, uh, riding, a lot of upset horses, a lot of ill-fitting tack, and I just find myself very flustered, and I want to say stuff, and it's not my place to say anything, so I try to, you know, kind of bite my tongue, but... Anyways, there was a horse when they got there. They didn't untie him in the trailer, and they opened the trailer door, and he proceeded to try to get out, and they panicked and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, of course, he wasn't untied, so he broke the tie and cartwheeled out of the trailer. And, I mean, landed on his wither, hit his back, his hip, 
from the metal trailer out to the hard dirt ground and got up scared and they grabbed him by his broken lead rope walked him around touched him a couple times tied him back to the trailer too in which he was scared of and then rode him and competed on him and I know he was hurt so that was a little hard for me but again I just looked the other way I didn't say anything because it's not my place um but it's hard to watch that stuff, you know? And then another girl, her horse was scared, very much a horse like mine, had been hauled very few times. I heard the girl tell another person, and the mom was walking way ahead of the girl, and she was in a tom-thumb bit, and um, and not knowing how to cure a horse to go forward, would just pull on the bit really hard into circles. But she was looking down and not using any leg and just yelling at the horse, go forward, go forward. So of course I couldn't take it. So I told her, look up, put your reins forward and put your feet on your horse push them with your feet and as soon as she looked up put her reins forward and pushed her horse with her feet the horse proceeded to follow the mother to the arena and the mom looked over her shoulder and said oh I thought you were behind me so um and then later on through the day I saw them with a lead rope on the horse and this was probably a 10 or 11 year old girl and the mom was leading the kid with the lead rope so to me that was a learning experience that would have been a really good time to teach the horse and rider to be a team um, you know, so again, I shouldn't have butted in, but I did. And it seemed to have helped the little girl, but I don't think she really got the whole concept of it. So anyways, those are just the little things that you see. And then there was another little girl with alleyway issue and she just proceeded to, you know, really have to get after the horse to get in the alleyway. And then of course ran every event full blast and ran around the property full blast and, Anyways, it just lack of horsemanship. So nothing against speed shows. I think they're a beautiful place for kids and families. And I grew up in speed shows. Um, but I also had a, a coach. My mom hooked me up with a, a lady um, that Martha Roper. And she was a horseman. And she taught me not to treat my pony that way. And to do things the correct way. So... I guess that's why it's hard for me to go to like some of these smaller events where 4-H riders or, um, you know, speed shows, if they don't have the horsemanship and it's not their fault, they only know what they know. And although it is abusive to horses on some level, they don't understand another way to do it. So you can't be mad at people for it, but they haven't been taught safety of loading and unloading. They haven't been taught safety around horses. They haven't been taught proper riding cues on and communication with horses. And so all of those things that that kind of get to me. Um, I mean, on the good note, a couple people came up and asked for lessons. So that was positive. So, and for that reason alone, it's worth taking my baby to ride around there for exposure. Um, if I can just help one horse and rider or plant a seed to do things a better way. Um, you know, horses are talking to you. You have to listen though. They will whisper at first and then they will talk and eventually they start to yell. By the time they are yelling, that's a very frustrated horse. And um, it's either a horse that's mentally fried, emotionally fried, or physically fried, or all of the above. And then you resort to 
maybe more severe, more dominant tactics and it just gets worse and worse and somebody ends up hurt and or you end up with a horse that just hates being around people and hates its job and all of the above. So so I guess this podcast is dedicated to the horse to please listen to them. Realize that horsemanship is important and um, also realize that you need to come from a place of you know, what's your ultimate goal? Are they just a commodity to win to you to go have fun on the weekend? Or do you truly love this animal and want what's best for them? So I hope um, that it's the latter, that you want what's best for them and you love them. And if that's the case, then you need to do things in increments that they can understand, just like a child in school. You need to do it with repetition and consistency, with pressure and release rewarding the effort is when a horse learns not when they're scared or fighting or upset or being uh, abused uh, or physically pushed too much Uh, a horse learns with the release of pressure with the rest with the reward so if you want your horse to be successful use consistency in your cues use repetition in your training use release and and reward of rest and pet all of those things will get you that solid horse one day um and if you don't know how seek lessons go to clinics read books watch videos listen to podcasts um join my coaching group there's a million ways that you can improve yourself to better your horse and to better your connection with your horse. So thank you for tuning in. And as always, ride with heart.